Hello and welcome to Emma's podcast. In today's podcast, I have somebody that I'm intrigued about, especially for his nonprofit organization called Our Children Have Rights, and I want to know more about it. So I am actually talking with Greg Hill, and he's the president and CEO at Our Children Have Rights. But I want to know a little bit more, how do you you know, you now have your uh, nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. but by looking a little bit at your profile, because I went on LinkedIn and sneaked in and I wanted to know, because mm-hmm. you have done computer works, uh, you computer director, network administrator, IT consultant, uh, mm-hmm. and was in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, you end up in Florida. So how the journey started and how did you and why did you start that nonprofit? So I originally, I'm, I'm from Florida. So uh, I got back to Florida because mom moved to Florida three weeks before the baby was born. And so that then led to the nonprofit organization, right? So I wrote, a, a, it's a book out as well. So we'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, when my son was conceived, we were here in Jersey moved down to Florida. She moved to Florida, so I had to go to Florida to protect my son's right to have access to me. So I went down and I tried to make sure that he had the access he needed to me, but, you know, I was denied originally. So I went through the process of protecting his rights to have access to me through the actual mediation process originally. And through that process, I I came out deemed to pay $1,141 a month for zero overnights. And if anyone knows anything about custody, your child support or your, the obligation is a direct um, correlation to the overnights. So there's a few things that you know need that go that's involved in that process. So I didn't know anything about custody at the time, and so I really got a bad deal. Yes. And so after that deal, I came, you know, and I started to really think about it and and, and really down on myself, thinking I failed my son. You know, I didn't have what he needed to have the access to me. Just really, really felt really bad. Went to a dark place. And so that's where the mental health comp- component comes in right there. So had a, a, a very, very hard time, you know, was, uh, pretty much depressed. So after I picked myself up and said, hey, you know, if I'm going to fight this process. I'm going to do it my way. So then I started to read any and everything that I could on the process of protecting my son's right to have access to me in the state of Florida. With that information, I then went back to the courts and tried it again. Mm-hmm. And once I tried it the second time around, I came out with the knowledge that I had now, after reading all the details, I came out with 50-50 access of our son, and now I'm paying $124. And so with that information, you know, with, with being empowered with the actual information after I read what actually, you know, uh, needed to be accountable. I began to ask myself, you know, hey, if I had the opportunity to tell me what to do over again, what would I advise me to do? And that's where the book, Our Children Have Rights, came about. So once I had that book, I began to promote it, you know, went to different organizations, the Father, uh, the Father's Rights Movement, uh, you know, a few organizations I was able to go on and speak about, you know, the actual process and how I was, you know, somewhat successful. 
And then my co, uh, my co, uh, my COO, uh, I began to tell him the story of what was going on, what happened, how I actually came out and had more success the second time around. And then we just came up with the idea, hey, you know, this could be a nonprofit organization. Have you ever thought about it? I said no, but he had experience in nonprofit. So from there is where the development of our children have rights to nonprofit started. We went through the process, we got everything together, and now we're here helping amazing parents, you know, protect their children's right to have access to them. That is the origin of our children have rights. That's pretty powerful because I do know the system even 20 plus years ago, I knew somebody actually was dating somebody who had a son and he had to fight in court here in Minnesota Mm -hmm. to have rights because the court never allowed the father to access to the children or Mm -hmm. will give full custody to parents, to mothers who were unfit. Mm -hmm. And it was a struggle and a battle. They started over 20 years ago here to have father to have rights as well and equal rights to their children. He ended up at the end of the day to have uh, custody of his son full time, which was good because his son was able to live a more stable life. But it's been a struggle. So, you know, in this time and age, we're in 2022 and realizing that we still have that issue. We yes. still have that issue like now in Florida and it's everywhere else. It's not specific of one state, but right. it's all of the, all, all across the U.S. Parents, uh, fathers don't have the right of visitation or like you said, paying 1100 bucks and no visitation. And then you go back to court and finally you got 50, 50 and 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Where, I, it's like, what is wrong with that picture? Seriously. So let's address what you just let's break down what we just talked, what you just stated. Right. So we have a misconception that we don't have rights when we do. But it's the education component that helps us protect those rights. So a lot of us are oblivious to the information. We don't know how to actually achieve the rights that that our children are supposed to have. And so what we do is educate the parents on that process. So a lot of our parents, when they come to us, they don't know about the things that they could have done when the child was first born. So if you so right now in every state, there is what is called a VDOP or a AOP or whatever they whatever language that they want to use. Every state has it, but they're not educating the masses on it. So the AOP or the VDOP is a voluntary declaration of parentage or the acknowledgement of parentage where both parents can sign it at the hospital. And once that is done, paternity is established. And then once paternity is established, both parents have 50-50 rights to all the access to the child. So now all you have to do is just put a parenting plan together that is in the best interest of the child. But we as parents don't know this once we have a baby because we've never, we've never you know, came across this issue. So we're uneducated on it. So it's really an education process. So there's really a misconception that we don't have rights. You do, but you just have to be educated on the process of protecting those rights to make sure that baby has the access to you that that baby needs. That is what we're changing here at Our Children Have Rights. So we can get into you know, our, our actual pillars, right? So the mm-hmm. first thing we wanna do is educate our parents on this process. What is it that your state is asking you for? Don't worry about the other parent. What is the state asking you for? Because that's what the judge is going to rule on. But if you don't know what the state paperwork, what the documentation says, 
you go in trying to fight, saying what should happen, but that's not what the, the documentation said according to the state. So we educate our parents on the documentation that is going to come from your state. So we have, you know, a, a really standard process, you know, hey, uh, how far do you live from the child? How far do you live from the child's parent, the other parent? Uh, is the child on your insurance? Uh, what overnights are you really looking for? So based on your state, these things can, can really help your case. So if you live 10 miles away from your parent and the child is on your insurance, what is, the, what is the detriment to the child? What is the reason why the child should be close to especially when, when the child needs both parents? So you have a stronger case to go ahead and get 50-50. But now if you are further away, then the state is going to try to say, hey, well, you need this plan. And that's where a lot of dads and a lot of parents get caught up in the 70-30 plan where you get every other weekend. Yep. So it just depends on the process, but you have to understand how the process works. And this is a direct correlation to the child support. Overnights are a direct correlation to the child support. Overnights and insurance. If you have more overnights, you're going to pay less child support. It's a direct correlation. Yep. Okay. That's something probably people don't know. Don't know. See, this is all education. So once we educate our parents on this, this is how it works in every state. So let me ask you a question. Let's say, okay, uh, the person is pregnant, had the mm -hmm. child, but decided to do not put the father on a birth certificate. What mm -hmm. is the father will do to, to acknowledge this is his child? What, what recourse do they have? So let's understand what the birth certificate is and what paternity is. So birth certificate gives the parent a fiduciary responsibility if he's on that job, on that uh, birth certificate. Yep. That does not establish any custody. That does not establish a parenting plan. Only thing that says is, hey, you are financially responsible for this baby. That is it. So you, have to, you have to establish paternity. Find out okay. if the baby is yours or is it not yours. And you can do that if you both acknowledge the paternity or you're going to get the blood test. So start there, okay. acknowledge or establish that paternity. Once you do that, now you have legal grounds to go and do what you need to do to make sure that child has the rights to you. All right. That's what I wanted to, um, to state it as well, to make sure that people understand that, uh, because a lot of people don't know that little loophole as well. So I want to make sure they all understand what is the difference because a lot of people assume that, you know, if you have a child, well, if the mother decided to put a known for the father, then, you know, they don't know if they have a right or not. They have no idea. Right. The rights come in once you establish the paternity. It has nothing to do with the child, the, the birth certificate. Okay. No, that's so just that a financial responsibility. So let's say, and I have another question for you at this point is, and I'm playing the devil advocate on this one, uh, mm -hmm. because that happened quite often when people, okay, the person, so if the person lives in a state, you follow the state. Now, let's say that that person left with the child and live in a different state. Mm -hmm. So what is your record? How so do you deal with that? Remember, it goes back to that distance. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a direct correlation to what the state is going to try to administer as a parenting plan. 
uh, as a parent, you want to try to shorten that distance or work with the other parent on a plan that is in the best interest of the children. Yep. So if parents can be amicable and really work on a plan for the child, there's no need for the courts. You go to court when you when you can't see eye to eye, when you can't see see, you know, anything amicably or, you know, you can't go through mediation and come up with a plan. That's when you get escalated to the courts. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if, if both parents can sit down and work together for the best interest of the child. You can do whatever you want to do with the parenting plan. Exactly. But if one parent lives in another state. It's going to be tough on the parent that is not close because of the distance. And it's going to be hard to get the overnights that you may want as a parent. So the best thing to do would probably be to shorten that distance, unfortunately, or work together with the other parent to establish a plan that works best for everybody. Okay. So when you started your journey to go through the process how did you find the help and how did you figure it out how to navigate? Because it's such a big labyrinth. And I love what you did, actually, because it's something that's going to help a lot of father or even mothers, because it doesn't matter who we are. If one has custody of the child, then right. the other parents needs to have the right to see them. But right. the question is, in all of this chaos, how did you figure it out how to navigate? How, why you did not give up? Because, you know, a lot of parents will just say, you know, what the hell? I'm losing my son. Hopefully one day when he's 18, he will maybe come back and maybe be angry at me. And I will have to explain to him. I could not right. uh, uh, fight for him because uh, I had no idea. And the legal requirement and, you know, the money, the cost to do it was mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. So how did you figure it out this? So for me, it was a change in my mental state, right? Uh, I began to stop worrying about me and stop worrying about the other parent and begin to worry about the child. I made him the focus. I'm already an adult. I'm already who I'm going to be. She's already who she's going to be. That baby needs access to both of us to make sure he has the rearing that he needs to be a successful young man. So I stopped worrying about me and changed my entire thought process to what is in his best interest? What does he need? And once I did that, that's how I began to focus on, okay, well, what is the state saying? What is, what does the documentation mean? Um, how does it look? What is in his best interest? What, what can we put together for him to be successful? And I started to attack everything that the state has said that he's supposed to have in order to be successful. And once I did mm-hmm. that, once I changed that mindset and stopped fighting with the other parent, then I began to have small success, little success, until I got to the point to where I had 50-50. So that mind shift is a really big component in that. And that's where the next pillar comes in, is the mental health. Your mental health has to be at a homeostasis in order to go in and have a you know, more successful outcome for these children. If you go but it's hard. Court, it is definitely it's hard. hard. But once you understand the process, it gets easier because you understand what you're actually going in to target and what you're actually doing. It gets a lot easier once you understand the process, you understand the roadmap, you understand you know, what the actual state is looking for, and you can address these things. But if you don't understand, the first thing you want to go in fighting about what you think you should have. 
instead of what the actual documentation says should be granted. So that that mental health part of, you know, let's walk you through the process so you can get back to your, your mental, you know, your, your homeostasis. Now you're even keeled and now you really know how to approach it. So that's where the mental health comes in. So what made you look back? Because you say you're talking about the documentation of what the test required. What made you look back to it? Because there must be something that triggers you and ask your brain also. Then you get a moment and say, okay, let me look at this. Mm-hmm. What made you go back and look at those documents? Because most people would not. Uh, $1,141 did. <laughs> I don't make you go back and look. Thank but you. Why? <laughs> yes. why am I paying this, this, kind of, this amount of money? It's, it's ridiculous. And so then I started to break it down and I realized, oh, these numbers are ridiculous. You know, numbers like $1,200 for daycare and the baby is eight months old. But now the baby is staying home with the grandparent. Ah. Right. Oh, uh, wow. Look at the insurance numbers. She, she you know, the, the documentation said um, $900 a month in insurance. Whoa. Like, wait, what? This doesn't make any sense. This is for what, 20 people? Right. <laughs> it's not for a child. So when you go back and start looking at the details of what you're yeah. really supposed to be looking at, you're like, wait a minute. This this looks outlandish. Like, why am I? Oh, this is why I'm paying this crazy number. But do yeah. you, how did they, do you know how they come up with those numbers? Because that sounds horrifying. Oh, again, my mental health was in the wrong place. When I went to mediation, I got badgered into that plan. My mediation went like this. My mediation said, the mediator came in. She said, look, you know, you two are smart. You two are college educated. Uh, you know, let's cut the crap. This is what you made last year. This is what you owe. She needs a payment. What? That's my mediation. That's not mediation in my book. Not at all. Not at all. No. Not knowing how the process works. Now I'm getting combative. So I turn to my lawyer and the lawyer says, let me see the paperwork. She looks at the documentation. She agrees with the mediator. What? My lawyer said, that's the same thing I told him. That's what he, she's talking to the mediator now. That's the same thing I told him. No way. That was my mediation. Wow. So I didn't that's, know, that's, I was, that's not a mediation in my book. Uh, not at all. But I didn't you know said, how mediation works. Never no. Process. You know, I'm, I'm leaning on my lawyer to actually help me through this process. But the fact that I'm un- uneducated and my lawyer and the mediator and now, you know, the child's mom is all pretty much teaming up together. I don't know what I'm doing. Now I'm getting upset. Media says, I don't know what the problem is with these black men. They don't want to <laughs> make babies. They want to make these babies. So then I, I say, wait a minute. We don't have to do all of that. Give me the paperwork. I'll sign. So I signed this terrible mediated plan. Oh, wow. It paid the $1,141 and have zero overnights. Yeah, the, yeah, that's, that's also didn't, I didn't get to carry the baby. I didn't get to carry the baby on my insurance. And then the numbers were inflated. Yes. So not knowing any of this, I didn't know what I was doing. And so now the $1,141 makes you go back and say, wait a minute, let's see what happened here. 
Now that I've read from the state how this works, you know, I found the child support calculator in the state. I found, you know, how to, what the formula is that they're using to achieve overnight. Wow. I found all the documentation. Now let me go back and compare it to what I currently have. I'm like, wait, no, this is, this is, this isn't right. So now I should have this, I should have this, I should have this. So now I go back to court. Hey judge, you know, what's, what's why, you know, what's did more you had a, Did you have a different lawyer? No, I went in on my own this time. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Armed with the information that I had from, that I had from the book. Yep. And that's why I wrote the book. Because yep. with that information, I was able to go back and try it again. And that's how I got it broken down to $124 a month and the 50-50 open ups. Exactly. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that a lawyer will do such a poor job. And for the mediator, uh, it's a very, very, I don't know what is wrong with those mediators. You're supposed to be neutral right. and do what is the best interest of the child and mm-hmm. the both parents and not to inflate numbers, which is horrifying. Mm-hmm. So if that happens to you, there is millions of parents and it doesn't matter if you're a female or a male, it doesn't matter the exactly. race. Exactly. You probably have gone through the same process. Yes. And have some inflated numbers who are ridiculous and they don't even match what the the custody of the child. It's like some of the celebrities you're listening, that happened a few years ago. Somebody, that was Kevin, the ex-husband of uh, Britney Spears that just came up in my mind, who wanted more money, wanted more to 11,000 to I think 18 or $20,000. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me per child? I'm like, what? A right. child doesn't need twenty thousand dollars on right. whatever you're thinking for a luxury. I'm like seriously, right. but it's it's appalling when you're listening to some of the things and how unfair the system is. Where in reality, the system should be looking at both of the parents and looking at the actual not from last year. Oh, I just said you made that good of money. You're gonna pay for this. Mm-hmm. I'm like no, 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 no. It uh, this is ridiculous. Absolutely right. But the issue then for the parent, yes, the state should look at it that way. But if the, in the event that they don't, are you educated to make sure that they do? So they you don't. Have understand, because... You have to understand the process to make sure that they do. You have to hold them accountable. Because if they are doing whatever they want to do, then they're going to give you this arbitrary number that's going to be ridiculous. Case in point, me. So the problem is. Is you let you're relied on your lawyer because you trust the lawyer. If it's a family lawyer that deals with mm-hmm. that, you're mm-hmm. assuming I am paying 1200 bucks or whatever you right. pay, right. and you're like, I'm assuming you're going to protect my rights, you're not going right. to be thrown under the bus and say, You pay this, and I'm fine, give me your check. Mm-hmm. See, but the issue there is when you don't know how to hold the lawyer accountable, yes, now you're screwed because you were you're relying on someone else to fight for your child the same way. And they're not going to fight for that child the same way you would. The lawyer is not your babysitter. They're just there to represent you. But you have to be that parent who is accountable enough to make sure everybody involved is accountable. And that's sad because you pay somebody that should be doing this, actually, that should be defending your rights and not throw you under the bus. So to me, it's appalling to hear it, but it happens to millions of people every single day. Absolutely. So would you advocate at this point, would you advocate because you went back by yourself with the mm-hmm. book, with everything you needed, arms on with all of your um, all of the um, what do you call it information that reversed, uh, reverted mm-hmm. that situation. But do you advocate for parents to do the same? What do you advocate in general? Or do you advocate that they 
they educate themselves and deal with a lawyer that knows? So we advocate for the child. That, that is point blank period. It's, it's about the children, right? That's what our advocation is about. But we want to make sure all parents are educated on the process to make sure they protect their children. So yes, it, it, it doesn't matter who the parent is, mom, dad, uh, grandparent, uh, cousin, uncle, whoever wants to be accountable for that mm-hmm. child, we advocate for that parent. We advocate for that person who wants to be that accountable person. That's who we advocate for. So you're providing the education for them to be able to find the right lawyers, to find the right way to be present in their lives, but stand up for their own rights as well so they don't get uh, thrown under the bus like you did mm-hmm. or millions of people are doing. Because as I said, the system is such, it's scary for people to go through the process. It's intimidating to be in mm-hmm. a court or even sitting in mediation when you don't even know, you feel like a deer caught in a headlight yeah. mm-hmm. because you don't know how it works and you have no resources. You're sitting there trusting uh, your lawyer to do the mm-hmm. right thing and you don't know everything at all. So, so you didn't have resources before. You have a resource now and our children have rights. Reach out to us. Uh, we, are, we are absolutely free. We don't charge any parents for our services. And when parents reach out, we want to make sure we meet them where they are in a process to make sure we, we help walk them through the process and educate them on what should be happening for their children. And now you can use that education to go back. And if you want a lawyer, because you don't you don't necessarily need a lawyer or have to have one. You can go in and represent yourself. But in the event that you do want or have one. We want to make sure you're educated enough to not leave it all up to the lawyer and leave it to the lawyer's hands. We want you to be proactive instead of reactive about your child. So once you do have this information and this education, you can go and tell the lawyer, hey, this is what this is what we need. How can we do this? You know, this is, you know, here's the process that I've learned. And and you're not oblivious to what the lawyer is trying to do, because a lot of times lawyers aren't going to break it down for you. They're not going to they're not going to walk you through the process. They're just going to show up. And no one has prepped you on what should be happening. Well, we do that here. And our children have rights. We make sure you understand the jargon. We make sure you understand how your paperwork should look. We make sure you understand, you know, how you supposed, how everything is supposed to happen in a courtroom or with a lawyer or with mediation. You know, we can help walk you through all of those things. So once you go into that process, you're not going in, like you said, like a deer in the headlights. You actually have some understanding how it should work. And if it doesn't work the way it should work, you know how to rebuttal. You know how to hold them accountable. And that's what we're doing here. Our children have rights. That's that's pretty uh, powerful to have created such uh, resources for people all across the U.S. Mm-hmm. and being able to reach out to you um, for help. Because as I said, when you don't know the process, you don't know the system. Mm-hmm. It's the wild, wild west. It's scary. And again, people would trust their lawyers because the lawyers, oh. you know, you have the assumption and the lawyers going to protect you. But if they don't mm-hmm. do their job at the end of the day, you, you know, you it's not it's not for your interest. It's not for the good interest of the child. Right. And it's really challenging because this is where frustration comes. It's very difficult mm-hmm. when you especially when you're dealing with children and you're faced with the horrifying decision to go fight in, in court of law mm-hmm. because you have rights. It's very, very, very difficult and takes a toll on your mental health. Mm-hmm. So how did you kept yourself in check with your mental health? How did you do that? Really, the reading helped me. 
I, I did a lot of reading, a lot of research, uh, started doing a lot of writing. Uh, then I began to reach out and speak to other people who had the same issues and, you know, really started to you know, talk to people who had some successes on the process. So, you know, the best way to learn something is, is go through it as well. But you can also learn from somebody else who's actually going through the process as well. OK, and, and you can learn what to do and learn what not to do. You know, so you go and talk to people in, in different groups, you know, different organizations, you know, uh, Father's Rights Movement, National Parents Organization, um, Alliance for Children, uh, any of these organizations who are out here, you have other people in other communities that you can talk to and find out, you know, hey, well, what should be happening? So those groups of advocates really helped me through this process as well. You know, go and talk to somebody, you know, and, and even if you need to, you know, have a mental health resource, you know, we have our NAMI, we have uh, another resource. If you go on our website, we have our mental health resources. And then, you know, you probably want to come and talk to a parent who has some success. You come and talk to me and our children have rights. And what I'll do is explain it to you. Now you're not at that fight or flight stage anymore. So really talking to people, talking to groups, uh, reaching out, you know, people, you know, will tell you you're not alone in this. Um, you know, people will offer, you know, some conversation. You know, it's, it's just a lot of a lot of work with, you know, your mental health when you get out and you're able to talk and get it out. You know, let people, you know, you're not you're not here alone. Um, don't beat yourself up about it. You know, get yourself educated, you know, find something that you can do to ease your mind or walk away from it a little bit and then come back to it. You know, whatever it is that you need to do to be at your home, your stasis, that's how you make sure you combat that mental health part of it. But you, you have to you have to work at it. You have to work at it. I know. That's why. And I'm glad you said the word you are not alone because a lot of people in those cases, and I'm sure you felt like that as well at the beginning, just mm -hmm. like, oh my God, what's happening to me? And I'm by myself. Nobody is right. having that situation. And, you know, most people will not reach out to organization right. or don't even know that exists. So by typing uh, on your uh, phone or on your computer or iPad or tablets, just ask for support. And I'm sure right. you will see the association. Is it the way you process when, because when this happened, did you have support of your family or did you feel com completely isolated from, you know, in complete isolation and nobody was around to understand what you were going through? Well, definitely had the support of family. But sometimes, you know, that family support may be the wrong advice, right? Because they don't process the information the same way you do. And so the family support was really great for the emotional support. But, you know, how do I do this and how do I go through this process? The family didn't really know or understand what I was trying to do or, you know, the process that I was trying to take. So they would just, you know, normal people, the first thing they'll say is, hey, go get a lawyer. Like, no, I already got screwed. I already got, you know, taken down the wrong path by a lawyer. That's not what I'm trying to achieve here. I'm trying to make sure that I protect this child's right to have access to me. So, yes, the family support emotionally was excellent. And then, you know, I had, I had some support uh, writing documentation. Um, I'd have family, you know, proofread some of the information that I was writing or you know, when I started writing the book, you know, I would have them proofread some of the chapters in the book, things like that. But uh, the, the, the actual mental side of it, when it comes to putting all these yep. things together, yeah, they can they can be there for emotional support. But that's 
you know, once you're going through it, it's tough. <laughs> I have to ask you the question. Is your family thought you were crazy when you say you're going to go by yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they, they, thought I was, they thought I was out of my mind trying to go into the courtroom and take on this entire process myself. And so some would, you know, so try how, to get out of it. Some would say, hey, yeah. I'm like, no, I've already seen the process. I've already seen what they did the wrong way. So I got an idea how to do the right way. So um, after you were done with the process, um, were you able to get your son right away? Or how did it work with the system? Well, it, it goes back to the actual parenting plan, whatever the documentation says. So I was able to get my son, I do believe, the next week the following week and then the process began to start with the 50 50 a little later than that but yes it was oh, that was good so they did not sat on it and they just made it happen very mm -hmm. quickly so, so once, we get, once we get the ratification back now it has been sealed and stamped by the judge so now that document is legally binding so once i got the documentation back the plan moved forward mm -hmm. So the question I have for you, because, you know, when you talk about child support, it's a royal pain to deal with it, to be honest with you, especially when you have to deal with those people and, you know, administration, they're not that fast. And they just, you know, sometimes you find people who are supposed to do things or coerce others to do other things that they're not supposed to. I've witnessed that here, actually, which is like, what is wrong with you people? But um how was it uh, for you uh, for changing from the $1,100 and you had to pay to the $100? Did you have to send the papers and fight for it? Or is because it was a judgment, it was automatically sent to child support? Did you have to do the work to get the paper changed? So with the actual judgment, I had what is called an IWO in that judgment, which was an income withholding order. So the judge went ahead and ordered to come directly out of my check from work. So I didn't have to fight anything with the actual child support agency. The judge ordered it to come directly out of my check. And, and the judge for change. So the, did you start to pay the $1,100 uh, before you went through the process and you decided to change it or not? That's the, okay, so that's the question I have for you. So originally it was, uh, I was paying it myself the $1,100. And so once they, once the judge stated what should be paid, the state of Florida automatically adjusted and automatically changed it for me. Okay. That's so good. It is an actual order now. Originally yep. it was a mediated plan. So there was no order to take it directly out of my check. Okay. But now that I have the order from the judge to automatically have it taken out of my check, the state pulls it out itself. Okay. So for people who, in a situation where, um, like you, who had to pay directly, that's one thing. However, if you're in a process who's taking it already directly from your paycheck, then the adjustment should be happening right away as well. They should adjust that. Mm -hmm. Now the question, I'm going to play the developer on this one. Were you able to go back and say, okay, you know what? I paid 1100 for several months, whatever the deal is, how long, which was wrong. Can I get my money back? The arrears? Yeah, no. <laughs> the state is not going to give any money back. They don't want to give any money back. But I mean, in some cases they will, but they try their hardest to not give any money back. Um, so, but, you know, I had already paid the arrears. And so they pretty much just said, well, start from right here and pay the 124. The $1,100 is already gone. Well, that's too bad because I would have been the judge. I will say, well, for the next several months, because this was the wrong amounts, you 
should not be paying and you should start at that right. date. I don't think it's that fair then you pay that high. Right. Sorry. The funny part, the funny <laughs> part is once they tried to, once they actually issued the child support, they did it back to the child's birth. Okay. All right. So it's really tricky. It's really tough for the non-custodial parent. Um, they, they really try to put you in a bind. They do. That's why. And I'm glad you, you created that organization to help parents who yeah. were or are in this current situation. I'm yeah. glad you're there to do that. So you say, you wrote a book and I saw the book uh, on LinkedIn. So can you share why did you write that book and where can we find it, actually? Mm-hmm. So, again, uh, like we spoke about earlier, uh, the book was really a question to myself. It was, so the book is really a conversation with me, me talking to me. I didn't write it for anybody else. I just wrote it and, and I was talking to myself. Hey, if I had the opportunity to advise me, what would I tell me to do? And I wanted it to be a pocket guide. I wanted it to be a small book, short read to really remind myself of what the process is and what I should be um, using to hold, you know, the, uh, any parties accountable and, you know, what should really be taking place. So I wrote 12 short chapters um, and I had a conversation with myself saying, hey, you know, if you need to do it again, this is what you need to do. So it came out uh, to be a, a pretty, pretty powerful book. Everybody loves it. Um, and right now it's out on Amazon. Uh, Our children have rights. You know, go check it out. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really short read. You know, 12 chapters, maybe 60 pages, 60 to 80 pages. But you can sit down and read that before you go into a courtroom or before you go through this process and really educate yourself on how to hold anyone or any or both parties accountable. I like that you wrote that book because that's going to be helpful for people um, in it's helping your charity. Um, but it's, it's a, this is the saddest part of uh, child custodies is how to navigate the law, how to navigate the court and the system when mm-hmm. you don't know. And it's right. very difficult for, like you said, non-custodial parents to be able to do that and being fair. The system should be fair. I understand some parents are unfit and they should not be in contact with the children. Totally agree right. with that. But for the rest of the parents that really want to be part of the life of a child, they don't care about the, the, the other parents. It's not about the parents. It's about the child, like you said. Yeah then that should be uh, respected and don't try to rip off the, the, the parents uh, by some ridiculous amount of money that doesn't make any sense uh, and give the reality. It's very sad also to realize in your uh, story that your lawyer did not do their job properly. Yeah. Um, and that I'm not going to blame the lawyer for that. I blame myself. I hold me accountable first. If you want to be the accountable parent, hold yourself accountable first. Look in the mirror first. Educate yourself first. And now once you're educated, now you can hold everybody else accountable. So our children have rights. It's nothing to do with the other parties. It is all about the person who wants to be accountable. And with that accountability, you can go and achieve some great success in protecting that child right to have access to you. So no, I'm not going to you know, harp on the, the lawyer. I'm not going to blame it on the media. It's all, it was all me. It's a good, it's a good, it's a story to tell. I will say it's a story to tell. It's not a story to blame, but it's to show what in a worse situation you got put in 
and how you actually reacted to the situation and you instead then blaming, like you said, you did not blame neither one of them, which at the end of the day is like shame on your people. But again, what comes around turns around. So whatever, karma mm-hmm. always collect at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but it's how you went about it. You could have mm-hmm. been in rage. You could have been doing right. everything and anything you're not supposed to, you know, but at the end of the day, you decided and educate yourself and say, okay, how can I deal with this a different way? You went outside of the box, things outside of the box and decided to go somewhere that needed to be done, not only for you, but benefiting any other parents that are in a similar situation than you and helping them to educate them so they don't have to go through the heartache you went Right. And that's exactly what I tell parents also. Hey, listen, I've already done this for you. I've done the hard part for you. Come and get this education. Come and get this information. So now you can hold everyone accountable and then you're not stuck in a a plan like I was originally. So it is really trying to be proactive instead of reactive for these parents. You know, come on, let's, let's, let's work together to make sure that you're educated. So when you see something going the wrong way, you can stop it right there and you can stop it with the law and the documentation and the research and the information that you have to show why it should stop as well. Yes. So, so this information is, is very powerful once you actually get in your, and you use it in the best interest of the children. It's, 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 it's powerful information. And if, in the case of mediation, if you go into a mediation and the number are inflated like over a thousand dollars or whatever the deal is, especially for a baby, then it is time to step back and do the research. If you have not done that yet, please do the research for the numbers because the numbers come from somewhere. There mm-hmm. is documentation on how they're looking at numbers mm-hmm. and being fair because paying mm-hmm. thousands of dollars for a baby mm-hmm. that is being babysit by grandparents, it's like, really? That's not happening. I'm not paying for the next vacation for anyone over there. It is just for the care of the child. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Exactly right. And again, you know, you have to research the information for your state. You know, research, go check out the child support calculator. Every state has one. It's just a matter of finding it. Go, go research the uh, VDOP or the AOP. Every state has one. It's just a matter of finding the information. The information you know, there. see, this is the hardest part is information. Because mm-hmm. if it's buried, because they love to bury the information, yes, don't. this is a royal pain. I'm like, you exactly. people should leave it available to people instead of spending four mm-hmm. hours, equal to five minutes, I can find what I need. But yes. somehow, Red Rainbow, you got somebody twisted enough that will bury it somewhere so mm-hmm. you cannot access it or give up. It is really hidden in plain sight. If you go on any child support page, it'll be some information on the front page. And then they'll have like several other links where it's maybe five links down, but you can get the information. And they'll tell you, oh, yeah, we provided it on the site. Well, if you put the information out there, then you don't educate the masses on it. It's for nothing. You exactly. still have to educate people on it. And so when the states ask me, you know, hey, what do we think is our main problem or what, what, what should we change in the child support system or, you know, how can we reform it? Educate people on it. Yep. Education is the key here. Yep. And if people get educated on it, then they can hold any and everyone accountable. Now we can have fair deals. We can have fair parenting plans for these children. Exactly. And, you know, it's not fair for moms to have, right now the ratio is 80, 80 to 20 for moms to have primary custody. 
It's still, and that's sad because some of them are unfit. I'm sorry to say that. Well, it's, I don't even go with the unfit argument. I go with the argument of mom need more time to do what they need to do for themselves as well. Mom wants to go back to school or mom wants to go and get a better job or mom wants to do anything to elevate herself. How is she going to do that if she has the baby 80% of the time? It's unfair to mom. It's, unfair to mom. it's not fair to mom, but some would be vindictive compared to the father. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? To the yeah, other I mean, parent, and will exactly. take the child away to us keeping it hostage. And I saw it as mm -hmm. well. I saw the worst of the worst, and I'm like, oh my god, are you serious? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that's, so that's also why we push 50-50 because you know both parents need to be accountable, but it's unfair to the child too because the child needs access to both parents equally. Exactly. So exactly. So we came as you know, mom needs more time for herself for her mental health as well. Because I mean, if she's just running around with you know, she just had a child that's crying all day or something, her mental health is gonna be really bad. Um, but mom, exactly. need, moms need the help. Dads want to help, but if you know, we kind of take the take the child from dad, and if he gets into that twenty eight that that seventy thirty plan. He's not going to do more than, you know, he's been granted. And then the child is suffering because the child doesn't have the access. So all parties involved need to have that more access to the children. And I think from the parent's standpoint, like you said, you remove the emotions uh, you've got to the other parents. If you can, and that's, I think, the hardest part is removing that emotion and refocusing on the intention. And really, like you said at the beginning, it's your intentions moved from the other parents to mm -hmm. what is best for my child. Right. And if everybody could focus on what is best for my child, not me, mm -hmm. not my ego, not my hurt, not right. my inner self who's hurt right now and wounded, but mm -hmm. the child itself, because it's his or her future, then mm -hmm. the parents will be able to work at some level together, but at least share custody 50-50 if they are close by, whatever is needed for them and then to me i feel it's uh it's so much better than anything else so yeah. yes absolutely agree um i mean we can't we can't say it any better than that you know the, we have to make sure that we protect that right for that child and, and have that accountability so look in the mirror first be accountable make sure you have everything you need according to your state and then do what you need after that um and then you know make sure you Hold everybody accountable in the process. That's, Absolutely. That's our children have right. Absolutely. And I like what you've done. I like your story because it's a very powerful story. And that will help a lot of children at the end of the day. Because this is something that everybody should know. And again, the lack of information. And when you're in those kind of situations, you're in a flight or fight mode, yep. which is the survival mode. You don't know. You don't feel like you're being hurt. You don't feel like you're by yourself. The world is against you. Mm -hmm. And it's the matter of breathing. You will get what you need to get down. And sometimes it's not at the speed that you want. Right. But it really can uh, uh, imply for that. So I yeah. think it's very, very good uh, to be able to do that yeah. and um, really help. So I'm very grateful that you have done that. 
and um, you have put information there. So how can we help your organization? What do you need from people who are listening to this now? What is your organization needs? Because it's a nonprofit, which means when we give money, when we give time, guess what? It's tax deductible, people. So what do you need from people? Uh, we need you to help and support, you know, let's, let's, let's support each other as a community. We want to start a grant program so we can use the money from donations to actually help parents uh, with their legal fees or their educational fees or, you know, anything that they may need. You know, we want to help pay for mediation. We want to help you, you know, once you find a lawyer, you know, we want to help pay for the retainer fees or we want to help parents with any funds or any donations that we receive from the parents. So, Please help us go to our donate page. Um, you know, anything helps, a dollar, you know, $100, whatever, it all helps. Um, make sure that we help protect these children's right to have access to both parents equally. And we can't do that without you, especially if we need to provide these resources. So that, that, is, a, that is a big help to our children have rights. Okay. Um, so for people who heard me, in your CEO, you have, um, and whomever you are, it doesn't need to be CEO, but if you have a company that can give some money, if you're individuals who can give some money, that would be great and appreciated because this is helpful. It's not only, by the way, for men, but it's for every parent. And parents, it doesn't matter what gender you are, it doesn't matter what color, race, it doesn't matter. You are a parent and there is some rights. And it has to be fair and equal. So I am so humbled that I connected with you and I heard uh, your story because this is very powerful story. And uh, as I said, I know um, uh, people and I used to date that person. I'm going to say his name is Louis. And uh, he started a group here for supporting fathers, actually, mm-hmm. because the lot and over 25 years ago, and he looks like he has not changed. Uh, favor the mother more than the father and like you said we need both we need the father and we need the mother so for the child to to live a better life yeah let's make sure we correct that now the laws don't favor mom it is the process that dads aren't following through with that is actually going in the favor of moms so if dads understand the process we can help turn that ratio around to a more uh, reasonable ratio but we have to educate everybody. Mom yeah, but we, we realize, I, I'm going to say this to you, unless you have a good lawyer for a father, generally it favors more the mother, which to me, it's like there should be a fine balance when they're doing it. And they should be fair on both sides. That that's to because, me, this is what it should happen. That's because the dads are uneducated on the process. Exactly. So the exactly. is there, but they just don't know. Yes. So exactly that's that's what we so are. that's why yep yes and and i hope so you know with your help is to be able for parents to be able to see their children because to me it's very difficult when your parents doesn't matter who you are that not being able to have access to your child and uh be there it, it bites it really really bites yeah. it's, it's terrible and you know again you know we just have to know what's going on in our states you know most states uh once the child is born, fathers have no rights, especially an unwed father. You have no rights until you go petition the courts or you establish attorney. That education. Exactly. Education. Exactly. And that that's the that's the hardest part as well. So 
I know there is situation where, and we're talking in a situation when the father or the other parents want to be part of the children's life. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the extreme case of, uh, um, I will say, uh, unfit parents. Right. We're talking about, that's what we're talking about today, all right? So because people are going yeah. to jump in. Well, I know a story. Well, I do know stories as well of mother where drug druggies and they end up with a child, which is like, what is wrong? And the father was fit, but the court decided to go to the mother. Mm-hmm. No, we're talking of parents who are fit parents. We're talking where the unfair system comes and how do you find those resources? I, I am so glad you have gone through that path. Maybe it sounds evil what I say, but it's not for the reason you came out with an organization right. that helps and a book and the resources for other parents. And to me, your story is like the domino effects because mm-hmm. you are bringing solutions and help Absolutely. for the people who don't know where to look. Absolutely. And that was one of our biggest things, right? Call. Right. That, that was one of our biggest things. Okay, we know alienation happens. We know all these things yes. are happening. How do we fix it? How do we solve it? How do we resolve it? That was the main focus of the actual documentation was how do we fix it? We know the problem now. How do we fix it? And we and, with that education. And we need to understand the two parents will not get along at the end of the day, but right. have, they have to remember it's not about each other. It's mm-hmm. about a child and staying yeah. as neutral as possible because you don't want to put wrong information in the head of the child that right. by the way, later on is going to realize that if you lie to your child, I can guarantee they're going to find the truth. And they are not going to like it at all. And you're going to pay the price for lying. So it's a matter of you have to be like Switzerland, a.k.a. neutral as much as possible Mm -hmm. and work together. You don't like to you don't have to like each other to be able to be co-parenting. Absolutely. You definitely don't have to like. And it's hard. But there's also tools to help you with this as well. You know, they have parenting apps where you can write down the schedule. You can house all of the information. You can put the child's uh, information there from school. Uh, you, you know, you can put the insurance information there. All these things. There are tools to help. They're just not educating us on it. Exactly. And they, they don't want to. They do not want to. Because if you do, that's a problem. So we need to stop this and make it fair. So I am right. so glad you had gone through that journey. And you're able and capable to help people with the and even people who are going to be listening uh, around the world, by the mm-hmm. way, the system is the same everywhere else. Do yes. your research. Yes. Um, and I'll, I'll speak to that. We've helped parents around the world, Australia, Brazil, Canada, uh, Italy. I've spoken to parents in the UK. It's all the same process. You know, go yes. and research, go research what they're asking of you. Go research what your requirements are and then address those requirements. And then once you do those things, there's no reason for that child to not have the access to you that he needs. Exactly. So that's what I say, because these podcasts go around the world. Wherever you are in the country you are in, check it out. Because again, like you said, it's the same process around the world. It's nothing more different than it was. So you'll be surprised, same social security, same slowing down with bureaucracy wherever you got. The IRS is still nasty everywhere else in around the world. So the the law is the law. 
But yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, do your education, figure it out. Because like you said, information is available. It's a yeah. matter to find it. That's it's it. a matter to educate yourself. That's and you it. know what? If you want to continue to work with a lawyer, work with a lawyer, but educate yourself so the lawyer knows what you're talking about and do what is right, right for you. Or do what you have done, go by yourself in the front of the court with all of the documentation you've got and mm -hmm. fight for it. Yep. But the intention at the end of the day is not to take get even to the other parents, is right. change your intention because it's all about the child. Uh, that's it. And that's why we're named our children have rights. Exactly. And, and I love child, it. The child's right to have access to both parents. Not the parents' right to the child. The child needs both parents. Yes. The child yes. needs children. So how is your son doing? How old oh, he's, is he's great. Now? He's great. Uh, he's four now. He'll be five in October. Uh, he's reading on a second grade level. Um, I'm working with him on his math. We're doing uh, dominoes for his counting. Uh, we're playing chess. Uh, we're going to any and every uh, museum or... We went to a Kennedy Space Center. He does uh, Legos. And so he, he's great. He's flourishing. He, he's good. So right now we're actually looking for a, uh, a tutor for him because, uh, of course, due to COVID, he doesn't have the social skills that he needs right now to do uh, anything on a second grade level. But the educational part is there because he's been home <laughs> this entire time. So he's good. He's great. You know, smart, really sharp kid. You know, and you know, just have to stay on top of him and make sure that he's he's continuing on the right path. That's wonderful, and that's what it's nice to hear is how your son is doing, how you're doing, how mm -hmm. is the uh, mother of the child doing? Good. Uh, as far as I know, she's fine. So we don't really have a a lot of conversation with each other. We we communicate through the app, the parenting app. Good. It's all about the best interest of the child. So we really speak about the child, and that's for the most part. All of our and that's what I wanted to know, the communication between the two of you. I should have sp right. specified this in the beginning, but mm -hmm. at least you get an app, which yes. maybe people don't know. See, here's right. the deal. People, check online. There is an app for co-parenting. I don't know. I had no idea. So There's an app, There's an app called Our Family Wizard, or you can use the Talking Parents. So you want to use that app to diminish a lot of the questions and a lot of the problems that goes back and forth between parents. Um you know, it, it helps, uh, you know, diminish the ambiguity on the schedule. You can go in there and put a schedule in so both parents can go and see the schedule. There's no question about, you know, what time the drop off is and what days you're supposed to drop off or exchange the child. You can go into the app and see it so you don't have to ask the other parent because a lot of times you ask the other parent and then they come back with attitude. Yes. But if you can go into the app and see it for yourself, you don't have to bother that other parent. That's awesome. See, that's or wonderful. you could put, you know, the medical information in there, go and put the insurance information in there. So if anything happens, you don't have to go to the other party and ask them for the insurance card. It's already in the app. I like that. That's or, awesome. you know, if you want to put the child's school schedule in there, you know, any documentation from the school, put it in the app. Now both parents can go in and read. And you have access to it instead of going to ask the other parent who may have the primary custody at the time what the documentation said or what the school said. So, any and every communication for the child can go through that app. I That's highly awesome. encourage it. Highly encourage it. It, it, can, it can diminish a lot of the ambiguity and the questions and the back and forth between parents. 
And I like that because that makes it easier because in the old days you had the calendar on the refrigerator, errors were made, everybody get mad because mm -hmm. the child went in a place where it's supposed to be, oh, they were not even aware there was something happening. So it's so right. much easier. I love it. So if people want to connect with you, so can you give us back your um, website? And if somebody wants to connect with you directly, can they do it through LinkedIn? How can we reach out to you guys? Well, the preferred way to reach out to us is go to the website, which is OCHR.org or ourchildrenhaverights.org. You can go to the website. Uh, there's a contact us page there. And if you fill out that questionnaire, you normally get directed to me. So if anybody wants to contact me or reach out to me, do it there. And then once you once I get the inquiry, I respond and you will have my contact information. Perfect. That's wonderful. And for the book, you can find the book on Amazon. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it listed as well on your website? Yes. If you go to the website and look at the recommended readings, the book is there along with others, like A Baby Out of Wedlock. The book is there. Um, and, and different other writers who you know, has, have collaborated with us. You can see some of the recommended reading there. So if you go on the website, on the website, there's a lot of resources there. And there are other program partners there as well. So if you want to come to us, it's fine. But if there's something else that you may need or another program that you may be interested in, please feel free to go and reach out to those other program partners as well. Because we have, right now, we are creating this holistic, holistic approach, right? Uh, so we want to make sure that the custody is established. But then once the custody is established, what else does that child need? Mm -hmm. So we have educational materials like Thrive by Five. Uh, we're doing, we work with the Early Learning Center. Uh, we have the, the children's movement on the website. Uh, we have uh, we have a lot of resources for the communities that are available on the website because we, we not only believe the village can help raise the child, but we think the villages can come together and help these yeah. children. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speaking with me today. That was a pretty powerful um, episodes that will be released this afternoon. Uh, live and I am so happy that I've been able to speak with you and meet with you and I'm very uh, thankful for uh, Jake actually who connected with me I was the first mm -hmm. one who connected with me and I'm like I saw the organization I saw the nonprofit. I said I want to talk I want to get that mm -hmm. uh, um, episode with you guys but it's been a great experience so thank you so much thank for you. Uh, your journey and sharing your story and your organization thank you Greg thank you for having us thank you